If you decided to listen to this week's message of Dr. Day Central, we know that Jesus has placed something on your heart. So let's dive in. We're diving into the last week of our series called Come As You Are. And I uh, quickly want to see, anybody, have you ever been thirsty before in life? Like, I mean, serious thirsty. Dors. Do vortons. Dors, as they say. Okay. I'm quite familiar with this experience as a young man, believe it or not. I was a keen cross-country runner. Mm -hmm. Very young man, by the way. (laughs) No longer anymore. I could actually do four minutes on a K. That's where I was at that stage. Yes. And let me tell you guys what I loved most about running. Stopping. And why? Because when you stop, there's a nice, fresh, cool bottle of ice water. And you down that baby. And it satisfies like nothing else on this planet at that moment. You don't want Coke after you had a 4K run. Can I be honest? You really want some good quality water. And um, in this series, we are looking at this reality that Jesus invites us to come as we are. Not to fix yourself before you come. Not to achieve some goals before you're approved to come. He invites you to come just as you are. And to many people, that's a very offensive statement. And to some people, it's a very relieving statement. Like, wow, thanks. Really? You mean me? Lorraine, do you know my life? And then when Jesus invites us to come, he invites us to come to him. He says, come to me. He invites us to a paradise, by the way. That paradise sounds something like this. If you are tired, I will give you rest. If you are hungry. I prepare for you a great feast that you can just enjoy. You don't have to prepare anything. You get it for free. If you are thirsty, come to me and I will give you drink. I will satisfy your thirst. So today, we're talking about drinking. How does that sound? In the church, we're talking about drinking. It's going to be amazing. So I hope you guys are ready for this. You can read with me. I just want to look at three verses. John chapter 7, verse 37 to 39. And we're going to unpack these verses a little bit. So you can read with me. It's on the screen as well. It says the following. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out. He said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture says, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. By this, he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. We're only going to read that far. I'm not sure if the last part is there. Okay. So that's part B of verse 39. So today, I want to unpack this portion of Scripture And discover what does it mean when Jesus invites us to come and drink. If you're thirsty, that he invites you to come and drink. And I want to do it under these three headings. Firstly, looking at the fact that we're all thirsty. Secondly, we're all invited. And lastly, we all get empowered. So let's dive in. Number one, we're all thirsty. When I think about the fact that we're all thirsty, Jesus makes a statement. He says, those of you who thirst, come unto me. And drink. So he's making a statement about humanity. He's saying, guys, you are thirsty. And when I think about that, I think about these two bottles. And put that baby up there. They're beautiful. They're a picture of my kids' water bottles. And when they were still a little bit younger than they are now, 
they would come to myself and they would ask the following. It was like, mom, dad, we're really thirsty. Can we have something to drink? And then I'm like, yeah, there's water in the tap. There's like water in the tap. Just go and get you something to drink. No, 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 no. But we're not thirsty for water. Have you ever heard that one? We're thirsty for Coke. <laughs> Anybody relate to that? Maybe you've said that yourself. Maybe you're a parent and your kids are saying that to you. So what we did to work around that plan is we bought them both two cool bottles. And these bottles are they water bottles. And they can only drink water from these bottles. These are not the exact same looking bottles, but it's very much close to that. One was like pink color and the other was like a, a bluish color vibes. And the only thing that can be going into that bottle, is like special bottles, is water. And the other rule that went hand in hand with that was that in the morning you get a bottle of water and then after lunch you get another bottle of water. And then when the bottle of water is finished, you can get anything else after that if you want to ask for like, I'm, I'm thirsty for, for a little bit of Coke, mom, you know? So that's kind of the, the, the way we went into helping them to live a healthy life. And why? Why is this so important? Because as parents, we know that your body does not run on Coke, correct? It runs on water. And if we're going to let you go over into the running on Coke side of life, we're going to struggle with sleeping. Sugar rust, baby. It's going to be crazy. After a Sunday service, so just by the way, I pray for you guys. We're giving the kids a lot of lacquer juice on that side. So you're going to have a wonderful Sunday afternoon. It's going to be amazing. Needless to say, the point is when Jesus looks at us, he's saying just like your body runs on water and not on Coke, there's a great thirst. And he says... Sometimes we're running to other stuff, so he presents himself as being that. So I quickly want to, Andres, uh, just like unpack that a little bit for you guys, okay? If you believe your body runs on coke, just a little short note, I'm thinking about this story. I, I must tell this one. So I had a friend once. His name is Brett, not Brent, Brett, without the N, okay? So Brent's safe in this one. But Brett was one of those guys that believe coke is literally the nectar of heaven. He drank Coke like he would drink water. Everybody warned him about drinking his Coke-like water. He didn't want to listen. He like proudly, you would always see him with his little Coke bottle and he would present something. He's in full-time ministry as well, like drinking his Coke and Coke and Coke. Until the one day when Brent came, Brett came back from the doctors and told us all, and the doctor um, shared with me why I'm struggling <laughs> with some snake kidney stones. After that revelation occurred in Brett's life, you will never find him without his bottle of water as he's walking around. He discovered that what he thought was true was not true. And many times we settle for Coke instead of life-giving water. So what does it mean when I'm settling for Coke? Coke is usually when we go and drink from the well of success. I decided to go with Coke because I think like famous, most famous, most successful soft drink. Everybody knows about Coke. And what does it look when I drink from this well? Well, the, a man by the name of Boris Becker. Anybody knows Boris Becker? Famous, yeah, 
Yeah, I can see, I see, you're giving your age away now, but it's cool. <laughs> no, just joking. So if you don't know Boris Becker, famous tennis player, this is, he was at a certain stage, the world's number one. He won seven, he won the first Wimbledon championship at the age of 17. I mean, this is next level. He ultimately won six Grand Slam titles. He, he was, um, he also won three year-end championships, 13 master titles, Olympic gold medals. And then in 1989, he was voted as player of the year by both the Association of Tennis Professionals as well as the International Tennis Federation. So needless to say, this guy is the guy. And then in his autobiography, I mean, he got success done well. And his autobiography says the following, he contemplates suicide when he says this. I'd won Wimbledon twice before, once as the youngest player. I was rich. I had all the material possessions I needed. It's the old song of movie stars and pop stars who commit suicide. They have everything, and yet they are so unhappy. I had no inner peace. And what's he saying? He's saying if you're going to drink Coke, the well of success doesn't satisfy. If you're thirsty, when you run to success, it will never satisfy. Another well that we love drinking from is the well of people. We love to go to all kinds of people and look for approval, look for acceptance from people. A good story about this is the woman at the well. Many of you guys know this story. This is a lady, she, I mean, she's with her fifth man. And he's not even her husband. And she comes to Jesus. And Jesus has a conversation with her about drinking. Give me a drink. Give me some water to drink. And then he reveals that she's been drinking from the wrong well, the well of men. And it's never satisfied. And drinking from the well of men or people is not necessarily always a romantic thing. It might just be you're looking up to your boss's approval. Or your friend accepting you. Or that group of people saying, wow, we putting a chap on you. You're good. You're drinking from that space to find significance and happiness and satisfy, but it never, ever does. And then last one that I want to point out today that we love going to drink by when we're thirsty is the well of religion. Sorry, by the way, the well of people, I made it Fanta because Fanta is always fun, just so you guys know. And then the well of religion, I put down Sprite Zero. Guys, that's the responsible drink, okay? It looks like water. There's no sugar in it. That's when you drink from the well of religion. I grew up like that. I actually drank from that well for quite some time. I grew up in a very religious environment. I knew about Jesus since I can remember. That's how long I've known about him. I went to church every Sunday. My parents were devout Christians and going to church and praying and reading the Bible. I was always the guy in the Sunday school class that had all the right answers to all the questions from all the Sunday school. That was me. But deep down inside, even until matric, I was still struggling with an addiction called pornography. So you know what I was? I was a white plastered tomb Dead on the inside, dead and dry. There was absolutely nothing. And it could never satisfy. It was only until after school that I discovered God in a personal relationship that that reality changed in my life. And I know there might be people sitting here and you've been drinking from the well of success. You've been drinking from the well of people. 
You might even have been drinking from the well of religion and you think it's Jesus, but it just doesn't satisfy. For you, I have good news today. There is great news. And it's this, that not just are we all thirsty, but we're all invited. I quickly just want to ponder on this in verse 37. Jesus says the following. He says, if anyone, everybody say anyone. You know, when you go and think about this word anyone, it means anyone. (laughs) Okay, so everybody is included. There is no one in this invitation that's not included. It's like a totally open-ended invitation coming from God saying, if you are thirsty, you can come. That means if you're a Pharisee, you can come. If you're a chief priest, if you're an officer trying to arrest me, if you are rich, if you're poor, if you're educated, uneducated, old, young, if you have one small sin that nobody knows about, if you have big sins that everybody knows about, and they judge you, no matter who you are, where you come from, what your walk of life is, the invitation is for anyone. If you are thirsty, you can come. That's quite big. He's, he's just giving us one qualification. He mentions one thing. He says, if you are thirsty. So to come and drink, you have to acknowledge. You need to sit here today and acknowledge and realize that I need something. Now, I've been looking maybe in the wrong space for that. So the invite's open. Now, if you hear that invite, good news, exciting stuff. The next question would probably be, okay, great, Lorraine, now that I know anyone can come and drink, how do I get a drink? How does this thing work? How do I get satisfied? How do I fill my life with this amazing life-giving water? Like the woman at the well actually asked Jesus, how do I get this? Well, Jesus gives us the answer in verse 38. He says, whoever believes in me, whoever believes in me, that's how you get this drink. You need to believe. What I like about this the most is the fact that Jesus likens drinking to believing. I just wanted to say that because I think it sounds very cool. Okay? So to believe is to drink. That's actually what he's saying. So what does it mean when I believe? I spoke about this many times before. When we believe, we basically put our trust in the promises of the thing that we hope for. Okay? So that's belief. When you believe, you trust something. So let me give you the example. Let's say you've been drinking from the well of success. What did that mean? Well, it practically means I'm feeling there is something missing in my life. Um, I need to prove a point. I need to be somewhere. I need to show somebody that I am a person and then I will feel happy. Then I would have made it. Then I'm up there, whatever it may be, whatever you're longing for to be filled with. And then you listen to the promise of success. Success says, well, give up your family, your health, work as hard as you possibly can, and I will give you that thing that will make you happy. I will give you money, give you influence. I will give you a standing amongst the people. You trust actively in the voice of success. So Jesus steps in and he says, guys, if you trust in me, 
I will give you water that will never run out. If you trust in me, and just can I quickly just clarify this? Jesus says, trust in me. Religion says, impress me. Can I say that again? Jesus comes to you and he says, trust in me. I love you. Trust me. My plans for you are only good. Trust in me. I make everything work together for good. Trust in me. In this world, you will have trouble, but trust me. I have overcome this world. In me, you can overcome this. Trust me. That's the invitation. Religion says, impress me. You're not good enough. You're sinning way too much. You're not reading your Bible. You're not on par. You need to climb all of these ladders. You need to impress me. So if you hear the voice of putting pressure on you to impress, it's not Jesus inviting. You're drinking from the wrong well. It's a different well. So trust in me and I will give you something amazing, which brings me to point number three. If you trust in him, you get to experience something that is like out of this world. That's point number three. We're all empowered by Jesus when we drink from him. Because you see, when we drink from Jesus, we don't just simply get satisfied, guys. We get far more than just quenching our thirst. Jesus goes beyond that. He like blows the scales. It's like, what? I didn't even see this coming. I don't understand this fully. So let me read it to you. Verse 38, whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And by this he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. So when you drink from Jesus, when you come to him, when you put your trust in him, there's a miracle that takes place in you. No longer are you just satisfied. You become a spring of life-giving water. It like bubbles out of you. It comes out of you. So to explain this a little bit better, I want to tell you a story. Happened in my own life. Happened in January, the week just before we went to go and plant Durban. Now, as we're planning to plant Central, way back when, myself and Donnie, we always spoke about this. We had this language between us. We said, Lorraine, we're seeing so much of God's goodness in the journey that we walked at Fichat Park. And we were digging some wells there. And there's some water. And people are coming to drink. And we're trusting God for another well to open up in our city called Central. This space, a place where people can come and they can experience and they can, um, can come and drink from the goodness of who God is. And we want to have a space ready for that. So I remember me going to Yaku in those days and I telling him, Yaku, we're going to be digging, buddy. We're going to be digging partners now. We're digging some wells and we're trusting God to bring some water. And that means our people opening up their time and their energy and their life and so that other guys can come and come and listen, come and hear. And you're sometimes, some of you guys are sitting here because of people willing to serve, to give their time, to dig a well. Then, and now four services full of people are coming to drink from the water God has provided in this space. And so it happens the Sunday just before I went to Durban that I start praying that prayer. I'm like, God, please. I'm a bit worried because at that stage we didn't have a venue settled now because we lost our venue two weeks before we had our first service. So I'm praying. I'm like, Jesus, I don't know how this thing is going to happen. But I now need you to give us great favor. 
so that when I just put my shovel in that water or in that dirt, the next moment, there's water coming out and we have a well. So because we don't have any space, I mean, everything is closing down. It feels like we can't get into the city. And as I'm praying and I'm like, I'm begging God. I'm like in a place where I'm very, very desperate. I know you guys don't even know that. But I'm sitting here in front, right there, standing, and I'm praying. And as I'm praying about this, and I'm trusting God, God, please bless what I'm doing. Please, 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 please come. I'm digging this well. Let this well come out. Let it come open. The moment I'm praying that, it's like the Holy Spirit stops me in an instant. And he says, what are you doing? What are you busy with? You totally miss what I'm doing, Lorraine. You're not even on the same page that I am. Why are you praying for me to open up a well there in Durban when I'm sending you a life-giving spring that's inside of you? are the well that I'm sending to go and bless that space. What am I trying to tell you guys? I'm trying to tell you to stop praying for God to bless your workspace and realize that you are the person he's sending. You are a life-giving spring that he's sending to be the blessing in that space. Do you guys see how radical this is? This changes everything. This is like, when you, when you pray, you're like, God, God, please, please help me. I'm, I'm looking for something. Why are you doing that? Why aren't you drinking from the life-giving spring that's already in you? It's welling up. You guys see, there's a massive difference taking place here. This is not a religious action. It's drinking from a greater truth of someone that's in you, that's welling up inside of you. So, in closing, what do we know? We know three things. We know why we need a drink. Because we don't run on coke. <laughs> okay? We know how to get a drink. We trust Jesus, and maybe you need today for the first time, stop saying yes to success or people or religion, and you need to trust Jesus. You just tell him. There's no magical prayer that I can pray with you that will make, if it's in your heart, and Jesus is prompting you, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. To just say, Jesus, today, I trust you. I hear your words, and I put my trust in you. No longer will I seek to find satisfaction and quench my thirst in any other space but in you third thing that we know so not just why we need it also how to get it but lastly what happens when we drink it we become a life-giving spring of water now the only thing that i didn't share with you guys is what is this life-giving water that we drink what is it actually what is the thing that has the power to within you stir up and overflow that satisfy the world around you. What is that? Well, we get a clue in our portion of Scripture, verse 39, and then I'm going to take you to a verse that tells us the essence of what it is. So firstly, the clue. John 7, 39 says, By this he meant the Holy Spirit, whom those who believe in him will later to receive. So what's Jesus talking about when he says, what's the only thing that will satisfy? And then when it comes in, it becomes a source that's far bigger than you that you could have ever dreamed or imagined. It is not a what, it's a who. It's the Holy Spirit himself. And it's so radical because can I share with you what this means? Romans 5 verse 5 says, God's love 
has been abundantly poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. What is the essence of that order? It's called love. It's defined by a person, the Holy Spirit himself. Love moves in. So like I said, the human heart doesn't run on Coke, doesn't run on Fanta, doesn't go with religion and Sprite Zero. Do you know what it runs on? It runs on love. You run on love. And the moment you embrace that, you become a stream of life-giving, loving water out there. So I want to quickly share this, just end it off with practically. How does it look in your life? What does this look like? I've seen it so many times in people's lives around me in this environment. They come to me and they come and ask questions and then they get love. They experience love. And you know what happens when they go? Later on, they're going through a tough time. Where do they come? They come back to that space where they experienced love. So why don't you go to work and realize that you have an unlimited resource of love living within you, residing in your inner being. And you just ask this one question, how can I love you today? Do I need to show you compassion and suffer with you through some injustice that's happening in your life? Do I need to give you trustworthy guidance and speak truth to you because you're listening to lies and it's destroying your life? Do I need to accept you and value you for who you are right there, just as you are? Because I'm telling you now, if you're going down from here and you're realizing I've come to drink from Jesus and he lives in me and all I am now is a fountain of love that gets expressed and floods and fills my workplace, fills my family, fills my friendships. There is no place that's not saturated with that love. I'm telling you now, whoever speaks to you, they will come back. They will come back. And you can have the opportunity of telling them, do you know where is the source? It's Jesus. He's in you. Let's pray. If you are here today and um, you're resonating with this truth that you need to trust Jesus, you've never trusted him before. You've been trusting in your own efforts, your own work, success, whatever it may be. Maybe there's another word that I didn't even use today. If you know you're there and you for the first time need to trust him, I want to give you an opportunity. You can make a public statement about that. Quickly raise up your hand if that's you. Amen. Thanks. So cool, guys. If that's you, I want to give you an opportunity. You can now, in this moment, just say, Jesus, in my heart, you've been speaking to me, and I'm listening. I trust you. I believe in you. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. You are welcome in me. And then secondly, if you are here today and for the first time you realize that you are a spring of life-giving water and you want to give yourself to that truth, no longer believe a lie that I need to sort out my life, I need to be a super Christian, I need to have great knowledge, but I'm trusting that the Holy Spirit residing within me is enough for any dry land that's in my life. If you're saying, Jesus, I'm seeing that, I want to walk in that way. I'm seeing I'm there. Can you quickly put up your hand? I want to pray with you. 
anybody like that. I want to go and be the life-giving fountain. Amen. Let's pray. Dad, thank you for the good news. Thank you for the invitation that we get to come to you. And when we drink from you, there is a spring of life-giving water that fills us, that overflows, that your love gets to saturate the world around us. I pray that wherever we've been trying and praying and asking you to bless a space, that you will open up our eyes to see that you are sending us to be the blessing in that space. And in us, you have given us everything to love that space back to life. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all say, Amen. What a message. If you feel that someone would benefit from this, share it with them. We are all about family on mission.